Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. Well, wow. happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Wow, you guys, I thought that was you guys serenading to me on Valentine's Day. Of course we were. Of happy course Valentine's we were. Day you. to my wife, Margo, and Absolutely. I'm taking her out to dinner tonight. Oh, how beautiful. And happy Valentine's Day to all the guys and gals out there. And you can't go wrong when it's Elvis, right, Pete King? You Not can never absolutely. go wrong with Wasn't Elvis. Wasn't that beautiful music? That was beautiful. Now, but what, what problems in the world? Kansas City. How many people are dead so far? So far, one dead, but they're saying up to 15 people may have been shot. This is after, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were celebrating the Super Bowl. You see Patrick Mahomes, all the, you know, everybody like joyous. What an incredible moment. Great game. And then suddenly shots rang out. And they have two people detained, John. We will, of course, keep you everybody posted. Yeah, we're well, going to try to get more information before the end of the show. Absolutely. Of what, what the heck is going on? And Peter King, what the heck is going on in Nassau County? I mean, I didn't bring it down to Swazi versus Mozzie because, you know, I don't know Mozzie. You know, Swazi, I know for years. But it's, it wasn't about the individuals. It was about the border. Who's going to keep open borders? Who's going to keep closed borders? The people in Nassau County don't give a damn? It was about the border. And the only encouraging thing is that Tom Swazi uh, adopted the Republican line. He ran strong on the border, strong for the police. He hadn't been but in the past. I like Tom Swazi as a person. But if Nancy Pelosi tells him to vote a certain way, if President Biden tells him to vote a certain way, which way is he going to vote? I would hope he'd show independence, but probably wouldn't. Listen, I, I, the election's always, I don't want to keep a feud going with Swazi. He was elected. I don't want to be a, I don't a sore want a loser. feud either. But having but, said uh, that, having said that, I think the voters made a big mistake because Mozzie, from day one, from the day she came to this country, has been a strong conservative. She's been strong for the border, strong for the police. And as a county legislator, she supported the police. Uh, and uh, Tom Swazi had a very mixed record. He threw ice out of Nassau County. And uh, and also the Democrats, Joe Biden, Kathy Hochul, and Eric Adams, have really opened up the border, and uh, it was a terrible situation. So it's what just, went wrong, Pete King? I mean, something clearly went wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Again, we are definitely trying to find that because every poll, not just Republican polls, but uh, media polls, all had it within the uh, margin of error. The highest Swazi ever got in any poll was 50%. It was like a two- or three-point race, and then... On election well, day, you went to 50. The snow may have had an impact. I don't know. And, and uh, Joe Cairo, who's chairman of uh, of the GOP, sent me a text, says they'll have a complete analysis. Yep. It'll be, uh, And so. I do I do think the snow had some bearing, Pete, because there were 80,000 80, about pre, uh, you know, in the early voting. And, of course, Democrats always do better at that. Republicans got to work with the system that's there. They needed bigger. But then on day of, with the snow, it was a lesser turnout. Now, again, this is the same Joe Cairo, though, who we won every local election for the last three years. So, and we uh, weren't doing much better on the early voting. But whatever happened yesterday, we're going to find out and we're going to correct. But we're not going to make excuses. Yeah. And uh, I think... uh, 
Uh, she, uh, Trump came out with a nasty thing about oh, that's her. That's terrible. That was yeah. such bad form. It wasn't necessary. Yeah, like a cheap shot from left field or right field, wherever he is yeah. right now. No, it was just wrong. She ran a, she fought a hard out to everything and, and could be done. And the other thing that we she, have to find out, the American people deserve to know the truth. And, uh, Mallorca's got impeached. He did. That was, but by what, the way, thank goodness. It, Thank goodness. I say what thank good is it? I say thank you. He won't goodness. lose a day's pay. John, you and I feel differently yeah, yeah, about I this. I feel differently. No, He's not he, going to lose a day's no, pay. But he, no, you're, he won't lose a day of pay and he won't lose a night's sleep, sadly. And yeah. you're right. Yeah. But the, but it goes down in history with an asterisk next to his name that he was impeached. He deserved to be impeached. And you know what I would say if I was a uh, Mallorcas? I was following the commander in chief's orders. Which is why they may well, add it to the second. president. But one of the charges, one of the articles, John and Rita and Congressman King, is that he lied to the Congress. So he wasn't following, was he following Biden's orders to lie to Congress? Uh, listen, he may say that. We need, a, is there a lawyer coming up on our show? We are going to have a lawyer. We have Judge Napolitano coming He's up later. He's a smart later. guy. He's he a smart is. We'll guy. ask him. And uh, I think we also have a clip from uh, this morning uh, on uh, Professor, Professor Dershowitz. Dershowitz. We'll see which one we hit first. Absolutely. Okay, let's go to Doug Schoen. Yes, let's go to Doug Schoen, of course, uh, the great pollster and political consultant. Doug, first off, let's go to what happened in Congress, of course. What, what's your reaction to the race in New York? My reaction to the race in New York and something John Casamitidis and I have discussed for over 25 years, if Democrats run with sanity, uh, for immigration reform, closing the border, tough on crime, uh, reducing taxes. They win in suburban areas. Um, with all due respect to our former president, um, his unpopularity hurt uh, the candidacy of Maisie Phillip. And had she run as MAGA, she would have lost more badly than she did. The Although, wait, Doug, what about also Biden's unpopularity? I mean, he didn't even want, uh, you know, Swazi didn't want Biden to campaign in the area. He bar- he couldn't even mention wide. the word Biden. He's unpopular. That's right. It was very wise. But in New York state and in that district, Donald Trump was more unpopular <laughs> than Joe Biden. So, look, this is a case study of what the Republicans have to deal with if they run uh, as anything other than uh, center right. If they run hard right, and I know Philip didn't, but if they're positioned hard right, particularly Rita on abortion, they don't win. Doug, this is Pete King. I was actively involved in the campaign, and I always admire your analyses. I'm really not disagreeing with anything you said. Especially agree with the fact with Donald Trump. I thought it was the ultimate cheap shot that he took at uh, Mozzie today, called her a foolish woman. Uh, that that district was tight. I think what won it was Tom Swazi really ran on Republican issues, and he was yeah, able to sell it and he handled it well. Yeah. Yes, and I'm sorry to interrupt. My my apologies, but yes, that's exactly right. And if the Republican Party understands that, as you do, it can make a mid course correction. If it doesn't. We'll have more and more of these results to the detriment of the GOP. Uh, Doug, uh, t- you know, you, you're a national expert in, in politics. Uh, give us your pulse of where you think the country is. Well, what the dialogue I just had with Rita is about it. Trump unpopular, Biden unpopular, a plague on both your houses, a desire for change a desire for rational policies. We need more Pete Kings 
in Congress and in the Senate. And somebody like Pete King, who decided not to run, is representative of the challenge we have with our democracy, that very good, very smart, and very successful people are opting out in numbers that uh, suggest the underlying challenges we as Americans face. Yep. Uh, Doug Schoen, Judge Weinberg has a question. Welcome back, Doug. Let me ask you this. What's the impact on Biden of the special counsel report in terms of his uh, candidacy and electability? Boy, I, I would say the following. I think it is a very, very serious shot against him. Uh, I can only say that it ratifies what many people, we've certainly discussed it, you discuss it frequently, have said about Joe Biden. And so far, his press conference really confirmed and ratified what special counsel Hur said. And I don't think at this point, uh, Richard, unless you have a different view, the White House has any credible response. So what do they do? You know, it's interesting, Doug, because there is this pressure now by the media, too. And it's not just, you know, it, it seems like a lot of members of the media, which I'm happy to see because it is a legitimate question. I've been on the other side of the aisle there in the White House where I'm firing the questions. And it's a legitimate question to say, OK, he's taking a physical later this week. But they're saying, why not a cognitive test? President Trump took one. Uh, he's not doing it. I mean, we know why he's not, but it's a legitimate question. And I think those questions are going to linger now uh, throughout, don't you? I do. The The problem, and it was really uh, the issues in the special election, the issues that uh, Pete King was speaking to, Biden will basically say, you may have doubts about my cognitive ability, but my positions on the issue not my accomplishments, but my positions on the issues are more in sync with swing voters than Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump just con- continues to run ultra MAGA, it will make his election more, not less difficult. So I don't want to overemphasize this, but I think, uh, again, up until the last minute, that was an even race. The highest was he ever got in the poll. That's what I saw was in the polls. Yeah. And I saw the internal polls were the same way. Democrats were very nervous, I can tell you, even on the yes. day of the election. I just think some of the ranting that Trump did over the weekend, talking about Russia, talking about NATO, that created a sense of instability. And Swazi, his big campaign was, I will work with both sides. Mazi really couldn't say that because she hadn't been there. But Swazi, I've been in Congress. I work up both sides. I think that had an impact, a last minute impact. I don't want to overemphasize that, but I sense that in the last day or two. Uh, you would do your party and your candidate for president a great favor if you go to Mar-a-Lago and repeat that message. <laughs> Pete, you have an assignment, all right? Uh, listen, if he would listen for a second, it would help him. He's his own worst enemy right now. Well, And I think in this case, let's be honest, Pete, in this case, I did not think she did as well in the debate. I think the debate hurt her. I really do. She, I, I got one last question. Even the Democrats told me they thought it didn't because there was no moment to have where they could uh, I got one out last there. question. Yeah, sure. Cindy Adams says that Michelle Obama may run. David Axelrod said, no way she she is not running. Which side are you on? I'm on neither side. I'll give you my (laughs) (laughs) That's a good good answer. (laughs) We get to August. Biden, for whatever reason, decides at or before the convention not to run. If the former first lady and the former president decide that a two-month campaign, a three-month campaign will be in their interest and the nation's interest 
that can always change. I think Pete King would agree with me. John, I think you might agree with me. Very few people who look the presidency in the eye are able to say no. I'm not interested. Nobody says right. no. Yeah, nobody's. And nobody she would. Be, and if, 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 if she if, ran, she'd be the first female president. If, That's if, a big deal. If offered, nobody. If offered, nobody says no. And right. if a group of Democrats come and say we want you, yeah. Do you feel the same way about Hillary Clinton? I think she's got a tougher road to hoe now for a variety of reasons we don't have time to get into. Understood. I, I think it's more likely to be Michelle than anyone else that the Democrats come to hat in hand. Hey, John, thanks for the kind well, One words, last question yeah. from Rita. No, it's all true, Pete. It's absolutely the truth. Yeah, and I have one last question. This is interesting, Doug. Um, uh, billionaire George Soros has now just become the biggest stockholder in a big uh, U.S. radio company. Uh, is Soros the Mark Zuckerberg of 2024? You know, I don't know the answer to that. But he has the resources, the motive, and now the vehicle. And it's an election year. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to have you on soon again because I love talking to you. We do. I do, too. I I do as well. It's always a great pleasure. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you, Doug. Thank you. And, uh, by the way, everybody, after the break, we're going to talk about a major security threat uh, that Congressman Mike Turner, chairman of the Intel Committee, revealed. And also we have former ICE director Tom Holman talking, of course, immigrations, customs, and border what, enforcement. Tell people what, uh, what uh, uh, Turner, who's a member, what, of the... He's the chairman. Family, family He's the chairman of the House Intel Committee. House Intel Committee. And he said... That he is, um, he almost said he's scared crapless and the American people should know. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, boy, actually scary stuff. He said that it is a major threat and he's pushing for Biden to declassify it. Sources are telling a lot of members of the media it has something to do with nuclear, something tied to Russia, maybe space. Uh, it's really scary stuff. There's an emergency meeting called tomorrow to go over this intel, but he is urging the president to make it public. Uh, so, boy, scary stuff. If I can just say I have no idea what this is about because I'm not there, but Mike Turner is one of the most reliable, responsible people you could ever meet. A totally first-class guy. If he's saying it, you know, this isn't Matt Gates. Mike Turner is a different guy. So it puts uh, this is a level-headed guy who uh, is measured when he yes, talks too. Absolutely. So that it makes it even more concerning, Pete. Wow, yes. we're going to talk about that and a lot more after the break here on Cats and Cosby. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now here on Katz and Cosby is the former head of ICE Immigration Customs Enforcement, uh, the great Tom Holman, also a former uh, cop in New York. And Tom, we always love having you here on the show. I, I want to get. First, your reaction uh, to Mayorkas uh, that he has now been impeached 
And what does that mean? And what are your thoughts just on that narrowly just passed in the House last night? Well, I called for some impeachment two and a half years ago, so I guess better late than never. But uh, I'm glad it happened, and it should happen. And it's a shame that not one Democrat would support it um, against all politics, right? Uh, they can impeach Mayorkas. They can impeach President Trump for making a phone call to Ukraine, but they can't impeach Mayorkas for 112,000 fentanyl overdose deaths or uh, 1,700 migrant deaths or record number of known spectators coming across the border or 600% increase in sex trafficking. I mean, in, uh, standing at the White House podium and, and slandering the men of the horse patrol for whipping black migrants when he was briefed two days before that, no whipping occurred at all. So, look, uh, it's, it's, it's sad. It's a sad day when, number one, you got to impeach a uh, cabinet member, but it's even more sad that people we elected to Congress, whether it's in the Senate or the House, uh, pushes back on impeachment for a cabinet secretary who's lied under oath and, and did all the things he's dead. It's just, it's just, it's just incredible. But I'm glad it happened, and and I don't think the Senate will take it up. But you know what? There's going to be a, there will be a trial, and pe- American people get to hear the evidence, and and we'll prove to the American people that this administration lies from day one, and this open border was by design. Yeah, and, you know, he continues to say, we don't bear any responsibility. He repeated that in the last 24 hours. Like, they're, they are in la-la land. Just as you know, they could put remain in Mexico. The president could do that in two seconds, and he's not. president could fix this with a stroke of a pen, just like Donald Trump did. Issue an executive order, remain in Mexico, Thursday. Look, they got the playbook. They have the playbook. All they got to do is open it up. Remain in Mexico, third safe country agreements, and, and make Mexico do enforcement in Mexico. And, 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 and they know it works because right now the border numbers are down right now in Texas. You know why? Because Mexico is doing enforcement actions. Why? Because uh, Mayorkas and Blinken went down there, gave them millions and millions of dollars, asked them to do some enforcement to drop the numbers because they want to get reelected. And Mexico's do anything they can to help this administration. They certainly didn't want Trump back in office because Trump would shut the border down, which means the cartels lose billions, which means all the corrupt Mexican officials lose money. So, of course, they're going to do everything they can to help the administration. But here's a question. Why did they wait three years to ask Mexico to do anything? Right. Why? Because elections coming. That's why. Absolutely. You know, by the way, you were talking about people crossing the border. Um, this is stunning. I just saw this number that this is in fiscal year 2024, which started October. Uh, there have been 20,000 Chinese migrant encounters and in all of 2021, for example, 400. What's going on with all these like well-dressed Chinese people? That's scary because clearly if you look at the dynamics of what's happening, Tom. It is scary, and you and I have talked about this. this is the biggest national security failure this country's seen since 9-11. And, and people say, well, you know, they're border close arrest and they're vetting them. People need to understand, when they say they're vetting them, the vetting is only as good as the information we have access to. Now, you think does anybody think China's going to share any national security information with us? Seriously. So when we check databases, we'll check NCIC, III, we'll check some DOD databases, but most terrorists in this world, we have no idea who they are because unless they were encountered on a battlefield by DOD and Iris Gamble Dunn or, or, or some biometric taken or unless they're involved with Title III wiretap or, 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 or a terrorist investigation, we don't know they exist. Most terrorists, we know who they are because they're under the radar. So even though we arrested 20,000 Chinese and we so-called vetted them, we only, the vetting is only as good as information we have, and China doesn't give us any information. So 
There could be Chinese spies, and we'd never know it. And the bottom line is, what even scarier than the 20,000 that were apprehended? The 1.9 million gotaways since Joe Biden's been president. And that's not a guess. 1.9 million people are caught on video, drone traffic, or sensor traffic crossing the border. They weren't apprehended. They weren't vetted. We don't know where they're from. We don't know where they're going. We don't know why they're here. There's a reason they paid more to get away. That's just scared of hell. They have to pay 35000 to uh, the yeah, cartel. That's, yeah, that's what the Chinese are doing. Oh, yeah. The average rate for a, a Chinese anywhere is from 25 to 45, depending on where they're going, who they are. Of course, if they are national security, According to they, they, they want to be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was joking. According to height and weight, I was just joking. <laughs> no, they, they, look, there's, people need to understand that 1.9 million people, Gataways. When you want to be a Gataway, you got to pay more because they'll get you to New York or Chicago. They'll get you all the way there without being called, without being known. People got to why do why 1.9 million people pay more to get away? Why didn't they pay less? Turn themselves in, get processed within 24 hours, get a free plane ticket to the city of their choice, get work authorization, get a free hotel room, three squares a day, and medical attention. Why the hell would anybody turn down that giveaway program for less money? And, and in, in California, money. they'll give you a sex change. That, and, and in New York, they'll give you a driver's license, and you get, you get arrested, booked into Rikers Island, and Rikers Island's not allowed to call ICE. Uh, so New York City's protecting him. Yeah. So for Mayor Adams, you look, he's a moron, right? He, he, he used to be a police officer. He always take that badge and stick in a desk drawer because the minute he made the decision to, to cobble these people and, and, and maintain their sanctuary city status, he stopped being a cop, became a politician. Even if the governors weren't shipping to New York, they're coming to New York anyway because they get protected. They can be, be arrested for a crime, and NYPD is not allowed to call us. Yeah, and no, it is crazy, the revolving door. Uh, Tom Holman, real quick, we have a question from Judge Weinberg. Tom, welcome back. Let me ask you this question. What are your thoughts about Governor Abbott and other governors fighting against uh, this indifference by the Biden administration and trying to block the access? you think that's going to be successful? I absolutely. It already has been. Yeah, uh, uh, crossings in Eagle Pass are down 71% because of what Governor Abbott's doing. So thank God for Governor Abbott. He should be the Secretary of Homeland Security. He will show you how to secure a border. And he's exercising his constitutional rights on the evasion clause. God bless him. More governors need to do it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. You got it. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Tom, so much. And thank you for your great service, Tom. Thank, thank you, you very much. And, and Rita, I talked, you know, with this, uh, uh, what, what happened yesterday with the uh, uh, Mayorkas. Yes. I talked to Alan Dershowitz this morning, and I think we have a, a two-minute clip. Yep, here it and is. And I asked him, what does it mean that he got impeached? Professor Dershowitz, Secretary Mallorca was impeached the other day, and the average American person doesn't understand what it means. Can you explain to the American people what the impeachment would do? I mean, to me, I don't understand it either. Does he, does he stop getting paid? Nothing happens whatsoever. Impeachment is simply the first step toward removal. Being impeached is like being indicted. When you're indicted, you are not convicted. When you're impeached, you're not convicted. The process of impeachment is a twofold process. You're impeached by the House and then you're tried by the Senate. But in this case, everybody knows that the Senate won't remove. And so impeachment is used as an end in and of itself, an embarrassment. 
a way of simply saying, we, the House, think you ought to be removed. We know you'll never be removed. We're not going to take away your salary. Yeah, there may be a little asterisk by your name in a history book, but nothing will happen unless you are removed. And we know you won't be removed. So we're using impeachment simply as a political tool to express to the world our dissatisfaction with the job you're doing. Wouldn't he even take the position, uh, I'm the Secretary of, of Homeland Security, and I, but the Commander-in-Chief told me to do this? Well, that wouldn't be a defense. If the Commander-in-Chief told him to do something that was a high crime and misdemeanor, uh, say, you know, they asked him to take a bribe or they asked him to um, commit uh, some kind of extortion conduct, it, it would never be an excuse to say my Commander-in-Chief told me to do it. But here... They're impeaching him because the the Republicans don't agree with the Democratic policy. They can't get to the president on this, so they're going to his designated cabinet member, the Secretary of Homeland Security. But they're really what they're doing is they're attacking the policy of the administration, and that's not what impeachment was intended to do. Very interesting. The rest of yeah. the discussions on Sunday, right? The rest, yeah, it's a. More lengthy discussion will be on Sunday in the Cats Roundtable. Uh, you got some hot news for us? It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. And as you heard here at the top on Cats and Cosby, what was supposed to be a celebratory and joyous atmosphere took a very dark turn today as the Chiefs Super Bowl parade in downtown Kansas City was interrupted when someone opened fire. The latest is upwards of 15 victims are hurt. One person has died. Two people have been detained at the scene. Video on social media shows first responders frantically rushing into the Union Station area there in Kansas City and will continue to bring you updates. The House Intel Committee is also warning about a serious national security threat. Various reports say the threat is related to emerging Russian nuclear technology. Ohio Republican Mike Turner says his committee made information on the threat available to members of Congress and there's an urgent meeting tomorrow night. He's hoping the president will declassify the information for the public. And also, uh, Justin, this story about Broadway Cares Charity Group uh, being accused of sending $400,000 of donations to Gaza, the charitable group that asked Broadway patrons to donate money towards members of the theater community struggling with health issues. Well, now it's coming under fire for redesignating the money and channeling it $400,000 to groups providing humanitarian assistance in Gaza, and a number of people are filing complaints with the Attorney General's office to look into the group and the funds. And that are the hot stories, John. Wow. Now, let me tell you, you mean the people that are waiting with little buckets outside and, and you think the money's going to a real charity? Yeah, and it usually goes to, to AIDS help, victims uh, and, and a noble cause and, you know, trying to help folks with health issues. Turns out it's going 200000 John, to a group called Doctors to the World. And the International Rescue Committee 
to going to aid in Gaza. People should know where their money goes. My and, goodness. And let's be clear. It's not within the scope of their designation as a not-for-profit. So the question becomes, to spend that money that way, they had to have an authorization from the board of trustees or the board of directors. So the real question is, who authorized that money going over and why did they do it? And you worked in the attorney general's office, right? I did. I was yeah. assistant attorney general yeah. once upon a time, yes. So that's well, interesting. I mean, uh, it, at least disclosure. Yes. Now, well, there's two things. One says Palestine. Is it Hamas or Palestine? Or we don't know. We don't know. It just says we two do charities. Know. Yeah, but we do know that large amounts of the yes. money that goes supposedly for good works in Gaza are diverted by and stolen by Hamas. You mean just like uh, the UN Relief Agency exactly with right, the tunnel Maria. underneath exactly their right. headquarters? And they knew nothing about All right, it. guys. Yes, of course. We got to <laughs> take a break. And who are we coming back with? We right? have NATO Supreme Ally Con- Commander, the former one, General Wesley Clark. Wow. He's coming up to talk about okay, NATO and a lot Let's take a break more. so I can go get some... Uh, some Goya beans and uh, have a little snack. <laughs> I don't and, know if you have time. Uh, right, they're so you know, good. Well, you, well, you might make the time, right? I can open a can real fast. Okay. Let's go, let's go uh, to a break, and we'll come back with uh, General Scott. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. General Wesley Clark is going to be joining us any second now. But we were talking, Pete, about this serious threat because, boy, as we were talking with Tom Holman about the border and now we're hearing Mike Turner about this threat, uh, no wonder the FBI director was saying the other day that the lights are blinking all over the place. This is a dangerous time. You're on Homeland Security I, Committee. I, that was also- I don't, Peter, I don't think Putin is going to put a nuclear bomb in orbit. You know, he's not that kind of guy. He's crazy a little like everybody else, like all those dictators. But he's not going to put – what I would be more scared of is he puts on – what do you call it, Peter, uh, when they knock off our, our grid? One of those uh, yeah, satellites. I mean, like a, yeah, yeah. And yeah. in fact, they were kind of alluding to that, yeah. John. That no, that's has more something. likely. He's not yeah. going to put – He's not going to put a nuclear bomb in orbit. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I don't know you know, you're a Homeland Security. What do you think? I was also on the Intelligence Committee. Yes. Uh, but Putin, again, is getting more and more daring. I mean, he did invade Ukraine when no one said he would. The first invasion in Europe in 60 years, 70 years, and he did that. And he may feel emboldened. I don't think he's going to fire weapons yeah. from there. But he may want to put a nuclear weapon into it. I don't know. And again, all I know is I really want to see what Mike Turner has to say. We're just speculating right now. But I agree with you. I mean, I, I think it would be a big mistake for Putin to do it, but... Who knows at this stage of his life what he's going to do? Well, let's ask our next guest, uh, former NATO Supreme Allied Commander, uh, General Wesley Clark. Uh, General, great to talk with you again, my friend. I'm glad you're here on Cats and Cosby. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rita. Good to be with you. You know, uh, I first want to ask you, we were going to talk about NATO, and I definitely want to get to that. But I don't know if you heard about this uh, big news that Chairman Turner came out with on the Intel Committee saying that there is some sort of major national security threat uh, the White House, it, it's, it hasn't been declassified yet. He's trying to urge people to declassify it. The White House has confirmed that there's a meeting tomorrow about it. And we're hearing reports it may be tied to Russia and a satellite. Um, you, just your thoughts about this, General, because, boy, you know uh, national and international security so well. Yes, uh, Rita, there is always the possibility that there could be some uh, threat from Russia. It could be in the cyberspace. It could be against satellites. It could be against our electricity grid. 
It could also be the activation of Russian hit squads that are rumored to be uh, poised in the United States to attack critical infrastructure. Wow. What, what does that entail? Uh, you know, because obviously there's a lot, those are a lot of areas to cover, and that's a very difficult thing from a defense perspective. Right. So cyber, uh, I think people generally understand this, uh, but our electricity grid is controlled uh, by uh, computers and servers, and those servers uh, can be, uh, they can be jimmied with. And, 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 and in the electricity grid, there are transformers. And uh, we've had a long struggle to get the foreign malware out of the transformers. It's not all out yet. And so uh, we know that some of these um, transformers have Russian and Chinese components, and it may be possible that they could be uh, turned on or off or blow themselves up based on commands from Moscow. So that's one. We know that uh, the United States electricity grid is vulnerable to what's called an electromagnetic pulse, something that goes off in space that sets off a wave that simply overwhelms the transistors that are in everybody's homes and networks and phones and automobiles and so forth. This has been a significant uh, issue that many of us have worked with, but the um, uh, the electricity community just, it, it, it's so overwhelming that no one has wanted to face it. I, I think that's unlikely that that would be the threat. And then there are, of course, uh, there have been for many years, rumors of these Russian hit teams that are in the United States, the Spetsnaz teams, uh, weapons concealed, buried underground, some left over from the Cold War. Uh, they could be summoned uh, to action. So, uh, And we wouldn't know what the targets are. So those are the three things that I think it could be. Uh, General John Katsimatidis, good to hear from you again. And, and uh, yeah. uh, what... Uh, what other? Th- why are why is our country moving towards a co- almost complete electric country, where they want to build? They want us to build some of our buildings in New York all electric, elevators, everything with no backup. I mean, where if the grid goes out, the cars go out, the the heating goes out, uh, the the water pumps go out, the elevators go out, uh, everything goes out. I mean, isn't that a little stupid? From a common sense point of view, we're already totally dependent. I mean, if the electricity goes out, the refineries go out, the pumps go out, uh, you won't get gas out of the filling station. So <clears throat> everything is connected on the electricity grid. And it's a hodgepodge. It's been developed over more than 100 years. It's <clears throat> local grids that have been connected regionally, statewide, and nationally. So um, there's like uh, 5,000 different entities involved in the electricity grid. There are power producers. There's uh, transportation companies that control the long lines. There's local distribution companies. Uh, some are publicly owned. Some are privately owned. Uh, it, it's, it's a real hodgepodge, and it's been very difficult. But we have, over the last 15 years, taken some very strong steps to strengthen the security of the electricity grid. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying we've, we've done a lot. And everybody, we're talking to uh, former NATO Supreme Allied Commander General Wesley Clark. Peter King, you have a question for the general. Yeah, General, this is Pete King. I was a congressman back in the day. I remember uh, uh, visiting you in uh, back in 1999 during the war in Kosovo when you coordinated that very successful effort. 
Uh, you wrote an op-ed, I believe, on the importance of NATO. Can you just accentuate that, why you believe NATO is important? You, you, what we learned as a result of the 20th century wars, World War One and World War Two, is that if you're strong in peacetime and united, that you can deter the onset of conflict. And so after World War II, we created the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. We brought in all of our uh, West European allies. We stationed, kept stationed uh, U.S. troops in Germany. We practiced. We rehearsed. We had plans. And as a result, uh, I think uh, we were never attacked. So uh, right now, Russia's on the move. Putin says he wants Ukraine. After that, he wants Poland. He wants the Baltic states. And Poland and the Baltic states are members of NATO. And under the NATO treaty, of course, uh, because if you're going to have one of these alliances, you have to have a strong legal foundation. If one of these countries is attacked, it's like they attacked us. So uh, we've got to be ready for this. And that's the best means for assuring that Putin doesn't go forward. That's why we have NATO. Yeah, and, uh, well, General Clark, thank you very much. Pete, do you have a, another real quick question? No, 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 General Clark said it all. All I know is that NATO, for uh, more than 70 years, has maintained stability in Europe, probably the longest period of stability they've had in centuries. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys know I'm half Polish, so I, I get, I understand all this all too well. Yeah, so is my wife. I hear it all the time. Oh, um, no wonder. No, they're the most beautiful women in the world are Polish, Pete. You know that firsthand. Uh, absolutely. All absolutely. right, good. All right, good. Uh, General Clark, thank you very much. It's really great to have you on. You got to come back on again soon. Thanks, Rhea. Great to be with you. Thank, thank you. you. You too, General. Thank you so much. And, uh, John, joining us now, we have Judge Andrew Napolitano, uh, to talk about the Mayorkas impeachment and also Fannie Willis. There's a lot on the plate. Uh, let's first go to the Mayorkas stuff. Uh, Judge Napolitano, your thoughts, uh, they impeached him last night, uh, by one vote. Where does it go legally? Give us a sort of a sense legally what could happen or what does it mean? Well, uh, good evening, my dear friends. A pleasure uh, to be on with you. Um, legally, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I mean, it must go to the Senate. Uh, Congressman King knows this, and the Senate has to take it up. Now, uh, Mayorkas's lawyers are going to make an application to the Senate that the uh, impeachment be rejected before there's any testimony on the floor of the Senate on the grounds that whatever he did, and his faults are many, they don't rise to the level of treason, bribery, or high crime and misdemeanor, and that what the House did was express its utter frustration at Joe Biden's complete and total mismanagement of the border. I think the Senate may uh, find that motion appealing because they don't really want to shut down their business uh, and listen to lawyers make arguments as they did twice in the past three years in the um, absurd impeachments of Donald Trump uh, before and after uh, he left the presidency. If that motion fails, then we're going to see an old fashioned uh, impeachment trial where uh, lawyers who have conducted depositions of witnesses uh, will present summaries of those depositions before the Senate. The senators will ask questions. The chief justice will be presiding, uh, and then there'll be a vote. It's inconceivable to me that there'd be a two-thirds vote to remove him from uh, office. Uh, And I think a lot of senators, even Republicans, will find that this is an undue uh, waste of time and that the House has made its point. 
Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, for, that's, what, that's what you can expect. Now, what about speaking of uh, making your point? Tomorrow is going to be a big hearing with uh, the Georgia DA, Fannie Willis. And uh, this is the one who is prosecuting Trump for the uh, the election, the Georgia election, and obviously all the other defendants. She is now on the hot seat. I mean, the, the judge said there's a chance she could get removed. Uh, and also the other guy, they may have lied to her in their filings. That's a big no-no, right? Yes. Now, unfortunately for her, she is going to have to testify as a witness uh, in this proceeding uh, about her relationship to him because the, uh, the, the precise allegation of improper behavior here is her enjoyment, her personal enjoyment of the expenditure of the earnings that he uh, acquired from representing the state in this case uh, on trips that he took with her. She's going to have to demonstrate either that she uh, contributed to this cost on her own or this was the farthest thing from her mind when she hired him. Uh, I don't know how far she's going to get. In my opinion, if she wants to preserve the integrity of the case against Trump, and I've been a critic of the case against Trump. I don't think this is a RICO case, but I'm, I'm not an expert in Georgia law. But if she wants to preserve the integrity of the case against Trump, she should, with and, and, and save face tomorrow. Remember, she's an elected official. Whatever she says tomorrow is going to be used by her political opponents. She should withdraw from the case. That does not uh, affect the case against uh, Trump uh, negatively from her point of view, but uh, I don't think she wants to withdraw, and I think she's going to go through all of this. This is a very rare bird, Rita, a very unusual proceeding. Uh, I thought I'd seen everything in in my years as a trial judge. I've never seen anything quite like this, so I can't predict which way it's going to go if she doesn't withdraw and if she stays uh, on the witness stand. Yeah, it'll be it'll be drama in court for sure. Uh, Peter King has a question, Judge Napolitano. No, not a question. I'm giving you some good news. As a former Notre Dame Law School graduate, a fellow graduate, you should know that Army and Notre Dame are playing in Yankee Stadium this year for the first time in a long time. Oh, that is good news. I did not know that. <laughs> I just found out. You have a better in than I do for tickets. If you get me a seat with you, I will be there. I was and wondering why Pete was be- so happy. Oh, now I know why. <laughs> the only good news we've gotten. <laughs> We were we were both at Notre Dame at the same time. We didn't know each other until I was at Fox and he was in the Congress. <laughs> <laughs> well, two great graduates. Go Irish. <laughs> Thanks. Judge Napolitano, great to have you here. A pleasure, my my friends. Thanks for having me on. Thank All you. Thank it's you so great much. Great to talk with you. Thanks so much. And uh, after the break, you guys, we have Michael Goodwin, and he's got some interesting stuff on Biden and Kamala Harris. Stay tuned. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. We are joined by the great Pulitzer Prize winning columnist from the New York Post, Michael Goodwin. And Michael, you had a blockbuster column about Kamala Harris being ready to serve and what that means. It's terrifying. Uh, <laughs> the, the very idea that uh, we would deserve her. I mean, after all we've been through, you know, can't the fates cut us a break? 
but no, I guess uh, if if once Joe Biden's gone, Kamala's ready to step in. So uh, I think we would be going from bad to worse. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of worse, you've seen the new polls that came out since the Robert Hur special counsel report. That's the one who's looking into the classified documents on Biden. Eighty six percent of Americans say they don't want him to serve again. And it's ninety one percent of independents, 70 percent of Democrats. Those those are damaging numbers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he, if they let him read polls anymore because you would. Think he won't remember if, them anyway, Mike. You know. Well, well <laughs> if, if those polls were about me, I mean, I think I'd probably shoot myself after reading <laughs> one like that. I mean, it's just you know, it's like stay away from sharp knives and polls. So what do you think that what can the president do? I mean, it's interesting because you try to make a joke about it the other day. Like, oh, I remember that one. Like he's sharp as a tack suddenly. Yeah. But yet they won't. Um, the, the media and, you know, you and I, uh, members of the media, we've watched for a while in the press room today. They kept saying, is he going to take a cognitive test? What's going to happen? And they're saying, no, he won't. He's going to take a physical, but he's not taking a cognitive test. And they're like, are you doctors? Are you doctors? It's very defensive. Is that going to be the strategy, you think? I do do think that it's going to be a part of the strategy. I think the the big picture here is that, as you say, he's going to try to make 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 light of it. He's going to try to pull a Ronald Reagan. You remember that thing with Mondale, right? right? Uh, You know, that uh, I I won't hold your youth and inexperience against you or whatever. I won't Uh, hold your mental competency against you. (laughs) So I think he's going to try to make light of it, as he did the other day. But I think the end, of course, he's going to hide. He's not going to be available. He's not going to do interviews. He's, you know, the, the Super Bowl. I mean, even I think many Democrats were shocked that he passed up the Super Bowl interview. View because it's generally a softball. It's a feel-good day, and people are not looking for hard, hard news. He wouldn't do that. Uh, but I look. I think his main strategy for this campaign is: if you think I'm bad, Donald Trump is worse. Uh, I think everything is going to be about Trump. Uh, that's that's the thing that unites Democrats: is Donald Trump. As I said in my column. Trump unites Democrats and divides Republicans, um, which is not a good formula. But it is it is Biden's only hope. It, it, I mean, it's been his only logical uh, argument all along is I beat Trump in 2020. I'm the only person who can beat Trump and I can beat him again. And that if you take that away from him, then all these poll numbers and everything, uh, you know, they they. They rule the day. But I, as I read in the column, Rita, that as more if more and more polls show Trump ahead, particularly in the swing states, then I think Biden's argument gets weak. And then all of those polls come back and say, well, this there's a connection here. People don't want you to run. They think you're too old, your own party and you're losing to Trump. How are you going to defend against that? So that's why I think we have not yet seen the final act in this issue of whether Joe Biden seeks a second term. Yeah, I agree with you. And it still seems uh, there's still a, a bit off in politics. Uh, Michael Goodwin, Judge Weinberg's got a question. Mike, let me ask you this. Don't people understand that if they're voting for a Biden-Harris ticket, they're really voting for Harris as president of the United States? And doesn't that cut into support for Biden? You would think so. 
that that it would be fairly obvious to people that she is uh, next in line. She's ready, as she says. Ready to uh, serve. <laughs> yeah, and look, I, I, I mean, I think in many ways, you know, she's Joe Biden's impeachment insurance, and she may be his reelection insurance in the sense that you don't want her to be president. But as you say, Richard, that these two ideas clash now. Because if she's going to be on the ticket and if he's running and he's going to be 86 at the end of that second term and he's already enfeebled and practically senile, as the uh, Justice Department found in its investigation, then what is the argument for the ticket? I mean, there are lots of arguments against it. And I just think these things are piling up. And at some point, I I believe the, the dam is going to break. You know, uh, Michael Goodwin, what do you think also with all these cases, too? How do you think this plays into it? Because uh, there's uh, the hearing tomorrow. It's the Bragg hearing. There's also the Fannie Willis, the Georgia one. How do you see all that shaping out? Because now they're trying to, like, fill in the holes, try to get some something in clearly uh, prior to Election Day. Well, look, I think there's there's no doubt that they have been counting on Donald Trump being convicted that uh, they assume that uh, that will change his hold on the public, that will destroy him. Now, it's interesting. I mean, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the Fannie, Willis, Fannie Willis case. I mean, that's a fascinating one because it's, it's, it's like the prosecutor has prosecuted herself. Yeah. Uh, and, and Trump may escape, or at least for the time being. Alvin Bragg, I mean, the man who lets murderers walk free but found something to get Donald Trump on that nobody can understand what law he's talking about when all of these so-called uh, misdemeanors suddenly become felonies by some kind of uh, magic potion that he poured on the document. You know, so, Michael, he's, he's trying to try him under federal law in a state court, which makes no sense either. Right, right. So that that's in, that should be easily tossed aside. And then, of course, you have the two federal cases. You have uh, both of them brought by the special counsel, uh, who is prosecuting Donald Trump on the documents. And I think the fact that Biden is not being prosecuted on the documents, is at least publicly, uh, that weighs against uh, holding that against Trump for, for many American voters, I, I believe. And then, of course, there, there is the other one, January 6th, which, again, that one's got all kinds of problems. Uh, so I, I think that the thing we should never forget here, and I think it is, it is shameful that it is not focused on enough, we have had several published articles, and to its credit, some of them in the New York Times, that Joe Biden wanted Merrick Garland to prosecute Donald Trump and was unhappy that he didn't. He wanted, he wanted his son to get off. He walked around saying, my son did nothing wrong. Think about that. The president of the United States who appoints the Justice Department head, says my son did nothing wrong despite a case in front of him. And he also now is griping about the Robert Herr's report, saying he's a Republican, he's a hack, and why didn't Merrick Garland stop it? I mean, imagine if Donald Trump did any of those things. They oh. would, he's politicizing the Justice Department. Absolutely. Well, Biden is, and no one, said, no one cares. No, absolutely. Uh, I think it's ripe with hypocrisy, to your point, Michael Goodwin. Michael, thank you. Thank uh, and you everybody, so much, check out Michael's great column. Always good stuff, Michael. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Michael Goodwin. My pleasure. Thank you all. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. And? God save the king.